of the perfect pair, what comes to mind? Maybe peanut butter and jelly, a hand and glove, or even pen and paper. When it comes to the collaboration so vital to design build, the perfect partner there for many teams is Building Information Modeling, or BIM. Welcome to the Design Build Institute of America's Design Build Delivers podcast. I'm Kim Wright at DBIA's National Headquarters. Today we're talking to Brian Skripak with Canon Design and the BIM Forum about BIM's power in helping teams share vital project data real-time in a digital environment. And thanks to our podcast partner, Georgia Pacific Gypsum, for their support in bringing this conversation to you. So let's not delay any longer. Let's talk about BIM. We're talking to Brian Skripak, Canon Design's Director of Virtual Design and Construction. And we're going to talk about BIM and the incredible changes that it's really has driven in our industry, I mean, particularly over the past decade, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your experience first over 20 plus years doing what you do mm-hmm. and then the impact that BIM has had for you personally and then from a project basis too. Yeah, I think BIM's been an interesting transition. Um, for me, I came in... Uh, to the profession in the AutoCAD days. So we were drawing. I did have experience of being on a drafting table very, very minimally, um, but really coming in and using this two-dimensional drafting program. And then around 2005, for me personally, that's when I kind of got my first exposure and really got my hands on a building information modeling tool and, and using using those applications. And it was pretty transformational. And it's it's interesting to see where it started then and where it is now because it started really with architects Mm, and it was a way to automate and transform the way we designed and documented things and it was really at that point wasn't more than a documentation tool i always remember you know thinking of revit when it first came out revise instantly it was hey i make a change in the elevation it's changed in plan it's changed in section it changed in schedule Everybody Still thought that was you know, like, right? oh my gosh, this is great. I don't, I don't have to go change this drawing, open up another one, you know, change my plan, go into an elevation, drop lines down and make sure this is all there. And this is fantastic. You know, then it, you know, started to evolve. And now, you know, our structural engineers and our MEP engineers were getting engaged. And I can remember like 2007, 2008, working in this uh, much more collaborative environment where all of these models were starting to come together. Now you could really see things and and start to think about coordination and things like that. Then it evolved where coordination really became uh, an important key and the construction side of the industry really grabbed onto it. And now, you know, we're seeing that that evolution of things passing downstream. Uh, and then owners started, started realizing the benefits. Um, I know I had the opportunity to work with The Ohio State University and develop and document their BIM project delivery standards. Mm -hmm. So now we're seeing an owner um, describe what information they want to see in a deliverable that then starts all the way back at the inception of a project and how you set things up, how you collaborate in design, how you collaborate in construction, and how those two team members ultimately turn information over to the owner. So to see that evolution of, wow, my plan and my elevation are synchronized to turning information over to an owner for uh, operations and maintenance and facility management, capital planning, investment uh, ideas is pretty transformational. In that short amount of time, that's 12 years that I've been part of it, it's pretty exciting to see where we're at. 
And he, there's no way that anybody at that beginning could have necessarily foreseen where we are now. Or oh, probably yeah. where we'll be in five, ten years. Yeah, and you look at that. Yeah, that's. I think that's the interesting point. That's where we're at now in that short period of time. What's What's next? I mean, we had you know hand drawing the two D. You know, we just went from a manual pen and pencil to a digital line drawing application to this model that is so robust. It can hold so much information and intelligence and can be used by so many. Yeah, what's next? Yeah. So what are the challenges and rewards as we adopt these new technologies? I mean, you were on the leading edge and saw the development. There, change is hard. Yes, yeah. So there, there are inherent challenges when we do this, but then there are also the rewards if you're successful. So yeah. what, what do you think is the biggest challenges as we as an industry have adopted these new technologies? And maybe they don't always work the way we want them to work. Yeah, I think there's a couple challenges. One is um, internal infrastructures can be a challenge. Does every architectural engineering and construction firm have the internal manpower and staff to really help drive that change? Um, you know, smaller firms may not have the same luxury as a larger organization to have an infrastructure of people who can take that on, set standards, develop criteria, processes, implement, and change those. So I think, you know, looking at the industry as a whole, that could be somewhat of a challenge. The other part is, is really the cultural piece is always the challenge. You can go buy software, but can you make it work in a way that improves your particular process uh -huh. and workflow? That's the big thing. And then getting people to adopt. Um, I've always done it this way is, you know, is a real innovation killer. <laughs> Don't we all hear that every day, right? Yeah. But so, that's not the way we do it. <laughs> yeah. We've always done it this way. So being able to transform that is is difficult. And I think as you look at what BIM does from a collaborative standpoint, uh, another challenge becomes risk management. Because mm -hmm. now you're saying we're going to share information where the industry has, you know, you look at the design, the standard design, bid, build right. uh, project delivery process is inherently confrontational and siloed. And this is my information. You don't get my information. When I say you can have it, you can get it. And, you know, those, those walls are, are pretty high. Um, so I think that, you know, that traditional way of working is then challenged by sharing, which brings in risk management, which brings contracts, and all that, but once you start to look at new design build, progressive design build delivery models, now you're talking about very integrated teams, um, very collaborative, ones who set clear and proper expectations early on, those teams are really have a great opportunity to take the full advantage of how we develop a building information model and how we use it and share it through that design continuum. Not only for the value of the design and build teams, but but also for the owners, um, that they're going to be able to get something that they can receive. In that stage now where we see a lot of uh, institutional healthcare, higher education owners setting standards around that, and if they can procure the project in a progressive design build manner, now you really have an opportunity for innovation, um, collaboration, and all kind of efficiencies that BIM delivers. It really, it really is that natural hand in glove yeah. that design build can provide because people, design builders, by definition, if they're good design builders, have that mindset that yeah. says we're going to approach this project in a different yeah. way. I think that's the biggest thing. That's that's always been my interest. Is in through throughout my career, I had always worked at a, a architecture only firm, and that's my background and my degree. 
but then being able to go to a firm that was also an AE firm that had a growing design build component. And then ultimately that, that firm merging with Canon Design, you know, that, that's been a fantastic growth opportunity to, to really be part of that collaboration and, and have a role on the projects that I'm working on to help drive that initiative from the outset. When it gets back to your point earlier too about it's it's not just software, just as we also teach for design build done right, you can't just call it design build. You have to have that inherent yeah. philosophy, mindset, change of approach yeah. in order to implement it well, right? Yeah. Just because you're doing design build doesn't mean the partners are going to collaborate in the way it's intended to. I mean, you can still have that that kind of confrontation or that not really open communication and collaboration. So it's the same way. Um, you know, we always, we always joke about contract. I'll share my model, but here, sign this, sign this waiver that says you can't do anything with it and it's not used for anything and you can only look at it and, yeah. you know, don't touch it. And that, that's not, that's not collaborative. So, um, but people are kind of, you know, everybody's jaded by the past experiences of, of how that works. So that's that cultural change that, you know, you really have to embrace this as a holistic approach. How do you how do you prepare both your teams and your owners <clears throat> on how to use BIM the right way? You know, mm -hmm. if it's such a thing as BIM done right. I mean, how yeah. what do they need to know to really fully utilize BIM to its fullest capacity? It it really starts with the owner. I mean, a lot of times, I think one of the biggest. So going back to challenges. Um, some of the things that we see for an owner, it'll say in an RFP or an RFQ, it'll say, we'll do BIM. Oh, what does that yeah, mean? Right. There's really a, that, that's such an open-ended conversation. So it's really talking to the owner and understanding what they need. And different owners are in different spots. You can go back to a client like the Ohio State University that we're working with or, you know, many other clients around the country that have very robust BIM delivery standards. They know what information they need throughout the process, but other owners aren't there yet, and that's okay. Um, so we sit down and say, what are your expectations? We we know you want to use BIM. You know this is the way you know, the industry has transitioned. You know there's these inherent benefits that you want to take advantage of. What are those inherent benefits for you? Um, and being able to sit down and discuss that and transitioning that into a BIM execution plan. Okay. Um, that's really the point at which you outline expectations, deliverables, milestones, how things will be developed, when they will be developed, and how they can be relied upon. I think another industry term that we hear a lot, so you talk about BIM, you talk about a BIM execution plan. The other big one is level of development. And using that as a roadmap for all of the building assemblies to really track along the timeline of the project delivery process and say, the interior walls will be at this level of development at this milestone deliverable. The mechanical system um, will be at this level. The air handlers will be at this level of development. Um, so being able to very specifically roadmap out all those different assemblies across the entire development of a project really sets a clear expectation. And then you relay that back to what the owner wants. So the owner can use, um, can really see the value in trade coordination at the end of construction documents because we have you know, an early participation by the contractor. We need these systems developed here so they can take advantage of it. Whether it's cost estimating, scheduling, sustainability analysis, or really going through the entire process to deliver asset management or space management information for their use downstream. So I think the biggest opportunity is to have that conversation up front, document it in a BIM execution plan, and use that as your roadmap for success for the project. 
are are there instances where just because you can doesn't mean you should? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I figure that's yeah. often the case when you're there when you're on any yeah. project, right? Yeah, there's. I mean, I think that's that's an issue where there's a lot of you know cool tools that do different things that um, the industry can be very enamored with, but isn't necessarily a goal for the project or a desire for the client. And so, yeah, I think you have to watch that. We're, I think everybody in the industry is excited about all the innovation and opportunity that comes out, but I think that goes back to that idea of people process technology. Right. And you know, from my perspective, that's really the order. What does your team need? What is the process that you can develop that supports those needs? And then what tools best align with that? Just having a toolbox of everything under the sun that you don't use or don't properly implement can be to be the deficit of a, of a firm. It isn't providing value to the owner. That's not getting to that design excellence at the end of the day. How are we going to achieve those goals at the end of the day? So I think that people process technology evolution is, is really important. And that's something that, that we talk about with our clients all the time. Great design builders are all about innovation, integration, and efficiency. That's why we're happy to have Georgia Pacific Gypsum as our Design Build Delivers partner. The DENS Element Barrier System with AquaCore technology from Georgia Pacific Gypsum creates the water-resistive and air barrier within, eliminating the need for an additional on-site crew to apply a separate WRBAB. This innovative product provides a high-performance integrated sheathing solution for architects concerned with preserving the integrity of their building designs and offers contractors better control of their project schedules and potential time savings. The growth of design-build, the increasing use of BIM, um, they're following a similar trajectory as teams become more skilled and more advanced at the fundamental collaboration, you know, becoming successful teams and delivering successful projects. Um, have we seen, I mean, we know that um, recent research has shown that we think we're going to have, you know, we'll, we'll have 44% on nearly half of the construction dollars will be design build. Do we, do we know the BIM trajectory? I think the, the growth is just going to continue. Um, it's funny, I can remember, uh, might have been back in like 2007, there was a quote from uh, Tom Main at the the AIA convention uh, had this quote about, you know, change or die or, you know, this kind of about evolution. Like if you're not doing this within the next so many years, your, your firm's not going to be able to function. Um, It, you know, in the short term, yeah, that's, that's not realistic. Um, Long-term, you know, yeah, that's true. You have to evolve in this way to be competitive. The inherent efficiencies that are there are really, you know, changing the way we do business. And it's going to become an expectation. Um, I think the biggest thing, so looking down at the end with the owner saying, we need you to do this, they see the benefit. They know how that's going to improve the process for them. So that's going to be extremely important. So yeah, the numbers are only going to go up. um, And I think that the numbers will be in parallel with design build um, because they they do go so hand in hand. And the uh, opportunity that BIM gives you for collaboration, that project delivery model gives you the opportunity to full, fully utilize um, those opportunities, whereas other delivery models don't. I was, it was really interesting, the, converse, the, the discussion about owners, because we, we see the same thing at design build. You know, design build's only as good as the owner that, that delivers it. Um, 
Has that been a difficult process for owners, particularly public owners, you know, who are used mm-hmm. to a more traditional yeah. model? Design build is sometimes a stretch. And then BIM just really kind of puts that on steroids because mm-hmm. everything is, is shared from potentially pretty early in the process. I don't think it's much of a challenge as it just doesn't present as great of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. There's just because you're in a, you know, a design bid build or that very, you know, we talk about as a siloed approach doesn't mean you can't take advantage of, of BIM. They're just incremental, smaller opportunities. You can still collaborate. It's just not at the same way. And you don't collaborate. You're not able to collaborate as early as you, as you would in a design build. Um, approach. So I think it's it's just not as great. The opportunity just is, as you said, it's on steroids. You yeah. you you get much more. Um, the efficiencies are much greater. The opportunities are much greater, and it just opens up a wider range of what you can do. So it's still there. It's just not as much, uh, but it's it is far greater on design build. So the so we mm-hmm. went from. CAD to, you know, all you mentioned the various steps. I mean, is there, what's post-BIM? Or will BIM just continue to evolve by definition? Mm-hmm. I think BIM will continue to evolve, at least for for our stage of the careers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least while, before we retire. <laughs> I, can, when I can remember people saying, yeah, I only got a couple more years left. I'm like, BIM's great. You guys go kick butt Good with that. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's cool. I'm, you know. <laughs> I have a couple more years, I'm done. Yeah. Um, I, I think what we're going to see to continue evolve is, is really the use of, of data and the Internet of Things and really have a uh, connectivity, you know, the idea of digital twins. And you right. start to see the information that we have virtual and how that marries up with the physical once it's complete. I think you're going to have more and more of a tighter integration between the two of those. And that's going to help owners move into a more data-rich environment on how they operate their buildings. So, you know, what's the impact for that from a sustainability and performance perspective? How do they look at that from a security perspective, an operation and use of the facility? Um, having all of that really tends to create more of a predictive instead of reactive operational environment for clients. And I think that's you know, it's just you look at, you know, we're all getting, there's going to be continued ways that we can improve design. There's going to be ways that we can continue to improve construction, um, purchasing, logistics, the whole thing. But that end result, again, going back to design excellence, how do we deliver something for for an owner? I think that's what the next evolution of it's going to be, or well, the continued that, evolution of it. That predictive value, you know, life cycle costs and resiliency, is, it's mm-hmm. never more important than yeah. now. Yeah, and having that virtual representation allows you to get, you know, retrieve data, um, you know, and, and really have that relationship back to what, what's physically built. So there's, there are the right ways to do things, there are the wrong way to do these things, there's things in the middle. Mm-hmm. But what does a really successful BIM project look like? Yeah. I think, you know, we have a client that we're working with now that's, that's really taking on a large initiative to look at a collaborative design and construction environment they're looking at, you know, prefabrication and modularization of that process to, you know, ultimately you know, reduce the project or delivery time frame by 30%. And it's, it's really exciting to see how that works because you have that collaborative team environment. All the partners on the team are there very early. Um, and we can use BIM to start to facilitate that and prototype out, template out, and really plan for the design and construction from almost a kit of parts 
um, mm. assembly to produce facilities. And that really takes on and embraces the, the heart of what we're talking about, this collaborative delivery model, the use of technology, and that really driving innovation as a whole in the entire project delivery cycle. So that's, that's been exciting. And that, you know, really thinking about BIM done right and the really the entire ecosystem of project delivery, it's just one piece of it. It's how we're using those technology applications, but in a very thoughtful design and construction process, a very thoughtful procurement process, and an assembly and turnover um, way to really automate and you know produce a high quality building for the end user and the client. And that's the fun part of the job. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's this constant evolution. Um, you know, it's it's constant innovation. Well, what if we did this? And you know, having a team that's willing to work one collaboratively and two in a new way, and an owner that's supporting it is—I mean—you can't ask for much more than that. That's that's really fun way to work, and you know, have those partners that you get to work with on a daily basis to do something great. It is an exciting time to be a design builder, and BIM is helping make it so. Honestly. Yep. yep. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the time. Thanks so much to Brian Skripak with the BIM Forum and Canon Design for joining us. If you'd like to know more about BIM and design build, check out DBIA's BIM coursework at dbia.org. And join us at DBIA's annual conference and expo in Las Vegas in November for our BIM and design build sessions. And lastly, the BIM Forum event is September 16th in St. Louis. And again, thanks to our sponsor, Georgia Pacific Gypsum, for being a valued member of our Design Build Delivers podcast team.